Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slipmat, and you're in tune to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. I am your nine days on, still limping like a motherfucker from getting a giant Rollies for Mice homage tattoo on me leg and having cut the end of my finger off on a brand new knife I was bought at work. Gav? And I am the... was come back from the dead. They could rebuild him, they could make him stronger. They made him the six million pinger man. I'm Addy. <laughs> And you tuned in once again to the On The Rave podcast. Addy, how's it gunning? It's gunning loud, now I have my voice back. Yeah, it is. He's back on full form. Um, so a lot's changed in a week in rave, hasn't it? Um, I'm, a, I'm a year <sighs> older. Um, uh, that I, is I, a year older. Yeah, and I was immortalised. Did I show you how I was immortalised? In Funko form. In Funko form, that's right. I am. Uh, I, I may have been drunk one night and I was talking to my lass and basically said that you knew you'd made it when you were a pop Funko. Um, and she strapped herself into our little studio for days and developed and deployed this bad boy. The Gav Funko. The Gav Funko. It's something else, that. Yeah. Um, so that is like fully officially me. We'll do an unboxing on, on live recording so you can see what it's like. All of the effort that she put into it. It blew my mind. Like, uh, for one, <coughs> the amount of details that go into those Adidas trainers. Uh, oh, they're amazing. They look just like yours as well. That's yeah, class. Yeah, they do. Yeah, ladies and, and gentlemen, we'll, uh, we'll I'll, I'll take some pictures of it as we speak. Yeah, just so could... it even has dreadlocks that go down to its knees <laughs> on the back of the actual pop Funko. So, but yeah, that's him there. Um, and and that was just like it's 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 a pop up moment of flight and fancy where I decided that you'd you'd made it once you made it in a pop Funko and she made it happen. And I cannot really uh, express how appreciative I am in words. So I thought I'd give her a shout out on the podcast in any case speaking of shout outs um someone who is a very good friend of mine and yours has indeed been and uh, indeed he is has been in touch with the podcast to say that he's listening from miles and miles away um and we had a good long conversation and part of the conversation was him um feeling a bit separated from the tune um uh, and he wanted to sort of play a tune for all the ravers back here so we let him pick ravers choice this time out and john long um, oh, he's a sexy ginger and tennis ball enthusiast. Oh, he is. He's just such a lovely bloke. He is the sexy ginger chinchilla. Um, all the way out there, living family life. He's got two kids now, you know, it's and um, it, it's it's just absolutely crazy. And um, basically, in a really nice manner, when I offered him the ability to have Ravers Choice after he got in touch with her, he asked if he could play a tune as a sort of dedication to a few people that had been lost in Newcastle. And we thought there was no finer way to start a podcast yeah. than with a bit of a dedication looks in a few weeks ago newcastle lost one of its prized junglists um um and in gaspo as john gaspo john wright um however you knew him uh what a fucking lovely bloke he was and legend local legend yeah he was and there wasn't a lot he didn't know about music that wasn't worth learning you know what i mean um and he did a lot 
he, he repped a lot for the Newcastle scene. He was always at the Curves events and um, uh, and, and the old events at Rollies that we used to put on and stuff like that. And John will be sorely missed. Indeed. Um, and just to put a, just just to put a positive spin on that, ladies and gentlemen, if you are struggling out there with your mental health, talk to someone. Um, help is never something in your life that's going to come to you. You've got to go and get it. Um, if There's you lots of people there, will to listen anytime. Yeah, that's it. Um, find someone who's going to listen. Um, but that being said, River's Choice has been picked by John Long. Thank you, John, for listening to the show, for getting in touch from a distance, and for picking a tune that we can dedicate to all of the people out there. It is a tune that was played on the very second podcast we ever recorded. It was picked by me, and I see no better reason than to replay this tune. Uh, the tune he selected to open the show this week is by Remark, and the tune is called R.I.P.
is a dead bumbo clot. Dead pussy clot. Dead blood clot. Dead blood clot is a dead bumbo clot. Dead pussy clot. Dead blood clot. Dead blood clot is a dead bumbo clot. Dead blood clot is a dead bumbo Dead blood clot is a dead bumbo clot. Dead pussy clot is a dead On the Rift podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media you can find us on Facebook yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave you can find us on Twitter at on the rave you can find us on YouTube youtube.com forward slash on the rave we are on Instagram that's my favourite one then where you can find us on the rave with Addy and Gav where you can see pictures of what Addy's been doing during the week shenanigans shenanigans uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase, and scream at Dom's on the roof, and she will give you ten percent off all oh, of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh goodness! Oh, there we go. That was a bit of Raver's choice being picked out. And that well, was a bit of Haribo going in my face. Yeah, the the leftovers from the wrestling buffet are being fed to Addy as we speak. Because the hooves and sugar that were delivered to us by the buffet queen, Shegza Mukshegzi, unfortunately uh, contained hooves and sugar, so therefore couldn't be eaten by us. But Ali's enjoying well, I them. Can. Yeah, Ali's enjoying them. He's going to take a munch on all of them. Um, hey, I tell you what, we've got another one of those guests on the podcast. 
and what you're about to listen to is the Skype conversation that happened between me and Addy and said gentleman. Um, it really was quite an honour to speak to him, wasn't it? It was, and he is an absolute legend. And if you, I don't know anyone that doesn't love his main record, the record that he put out. That he's most well known for. No, no, I, like I, I, I very much doubt many people who are into rave don't possibly even don't own a copy of that track you know what i mean it's just it's one of those seminal old school tracks it's been it's like it's a radio one it can, it, like it can get played on everything can't it it also broke me at a funeral a while ago it broke you yeah, at a funeral. it broke me at a funeral i yeah. think it was size funeral right okay the end of there yeah. it was, was played and i was just like yeah bottom lip just went yeah yeah a bit of a swallow one but um yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you very much to the wonderful Nikki at NLA Artists for yes. hooking us up with Thank this. Thank you, Nikki. You've promised that you are on next, so batter up, bitch. Either that or um, find us another old school legend who's willing to spend two hours talking to uh, who someone who you will successfully see have got a new nickname at the end of at this. End of it, yeah. uh, you'll, you, you'll see. But um, in any case, here is the conversation that we had on Skype with the legend that is Eamon from Liquid. E and Addy, guess what? What's that, Gavin? It seems we have managed to blag another guest onto this podcast. Another sucker into the big wall of Baker. Um, yeah, and, uh, and and quite a quite a superstar in the world of rave as is. Um, uh, a hero of mine, uh, someone that I've definitely heard included on Addy's sets in the past, where actually definitely. online, on Skype, finally, now that Skype's working, uh, to Eamon from Liquid. Eamon, how's it going? It's going very well. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for the very kind words. And oh. I'm delighted to be on your podcast. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, absolutely. We're delighted to have you on. We are yeah. certainly delighted to have you on. It's, um, it's good to hear some regional accents as well. I live abroad and I miss like UK accents of every variety. So it's good yeah. to hear some like good Newcastle accents. Yeah, Skype just told us you were in Europe, and it was like I didn't quite, I didn't quite expect that. But uh, yeah, um, thick as Geordies us, aren't we? Like, oh, aye, aye. Just don't let uh, me do any accents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll pull you quick on that one. Oh yeah. No, you can you can slam in as many references as you want to the hometown, I suppose. Like, <laughs> it never, uh, it never does were wrong. But hey, uh, for the initiated, do you want to tell some of our listeners who might not be aware of the, your back catalogue of music just? what it is you've done and who you are and uh, yeah, about your alias as Liquid? Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I'm most well known for Sweet Harmony, um, but I signed to Excel for a few years in the 90s, um, then signed to another few labels as well later on. Um, my, If I'm being really frank, my lifestyle kind of deteriorated due to the way I was living my life um, and so I had a few years out. And then just last... I mean, I did a lot of other stuff as well, but the last 10 years or so, I've just been like super productive where I just can't stop making music. Um, and I've been kind of DJing and playing live throughout as well. Um, so kind of like, um, uh, kind of ongoing, yeah. But I mean, most people know me for Sweet Harmony. Yeah, what a tune. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, as we were saying just before we started recording, it's still one of my favourites. It's one of those ones that when it drops on the radio, it really just can swing your mood from one all the way to ten, can't it? Um, it's an absolute swerve of a track, and uh, like, yeah, uh, and, and a classic through and through. But hey, we've got you on this podcast to talk to you a little bit about all of the all of the music that's got you to where you are. So let's start off uh, with the first question we always ask everyone, which is early influences. So. 
who played the music in the house? Uh, was it one of the parents or, a, or an older sibling or? Um, my dad, my mum and my older brother. I mean, my older brother was into, my older brother had this habit of he'd be into one tune and he would just play it nonstop, literally like over. And I remember when he got She's in Parties, I think it was by Bauhaus, and he just played it over and over and over. My dad, my mum and dad are both Irish. My dad was into the Dubliners. And right. I grew up, I mean, I grew up listening to that when from about the age of four or five, I'd be exposed to that all the time. Um, and uh, and some of it's pretty grim. Lyrics are pretty grim as well and a lot of that stuff. And then my mum was probably a little bit, my mum probably had the broadest taste. She was into things like, um, I mean, this isn't that broad, but she liked Motown, but she also likes more mainstream stuff like um, Drifters, um, Ink Spots. And then she kind of had a few just kind of bizarre records in her collection, um, some of which were just like really kind of mind blowing to me. Uh, yeah. Quite like some just random things she must have just heard on the radio and gone and bought. What was the most random one you remember? My dad had a bit of music called Decatur, which was like what's that? Um, uh, it was like this weird piece of synth music that could have been part of like Phantom of the Opera or something like that. And I've always remembered the song to this day, but I've never heard anyone else play it. And I always wonder when my dad got that. Maybe we'll actually ask him where he got it. But what obscure bits can you, can you remember any of them in particular? Um, probably not that. It's probably not that obscure in terms of like, no one would have heard it, but it was, it's kind of like when you think of being that age and not having that much exposure to music, really. It was pretty much Radio 1 or Top yeah. of the Pops. Um, but my mum my had the Bank Robber 7-inch, uh, and there's like a Mikey Dread version on the B side. And I mean, I was probably, what, 11 or 12 at the time. And that was just like, like amazing. I mean, I love the main side as well, but hearing that kind of stuff was like really, really like music I hadn't really heard before. Um, and then mates at school had like dub and reggae and um, so, like on one extreme, like dub from people like scientists, but then, um, Things again, which now, I mean, something like Barrington Levy, Here I Come, is very mainstream now. Yeah. But at the, at the time, when we had that and my mate had it on his kind of stereo and we'd walk down the street listening to it, it just felt like it's that, that kind of, I mean, you don't realise that time, but it's like when you realize, when you kind of have that kind of identity that comes from the music that you're into, and especially when you're younger and it kind of like, I mean, the specials and all that was massive for me as well. Yeah, all um, the two-tone stuff. Yeah, and I was—I mean, Special's the only group that I've ever been upset when they broke up, like literally gutted. Um, and uh, Kajagooga as well, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I remember. I remember. Sorry, I'm going to go off on all sorts of tangents. You can edit it out. I remember. I remember some girl sent a letter to the Sun when they split up, saying, "There's no future for Lamar. There's no future for me." And I was just like, "Fucking hell!" You know, it's like. Don't base your life on having a future for Lamar. That's not going to work out very well. Um, but anyway, going back to it. So, yeah, that 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 kind of stuff. And then also Top of the Pops is a major thing for me. I mean, it's it's not the music I was really ever inclined to do that much. But I remember seeing the Ramones doing um, Baby, I Love You, which was probably their biggest mainstream hit because yeah. it's like produced by Phil Spector and it's got all those big strings. But again, I remember just seeing them on Top of the Pops and it's just just mad. It was mad seeing that kind of stuff, and then Debbie Harry um, in wearing she, when she wore the bin liner on yeah. top of the pops. It, it's just like those memories really, really stick with me. And, and how cool the specials were as well. Um, yeah, and some amazing specials performances on the old grey whistle test as well. Yeah, yeah, um, it's just brilliant. Yeah, they were just one of those bands that were all together. Like, 
uh, just something different. I think the specials just they came together and it was a mix of all cultures that really worked for the music. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's kind of the times were kind. Of, you look back and it was economically or socially or politically or whatever. You don't realise it when you're a kid, but they probably yeah. weren't the easiest of times. And um, I'll spare you the sob story, but. Um, uh, we were pretty poor when I was growing up and one good thing about two-tone as well is I didn't really have any clothes and I could wear my school uniform and kind of adapt it to still look okay um, ah. so um, I'll give you a longer sob story if you want but, um, yeah but um so it was uh so it was kind of as well it was because I remember all the kind of new romantic era and I always felt, I mean, I, I never really liked the ponciness of it for one, but I always felt a little bit excluded because it was all about, um, it was just that kind of identity I couldn't really relate to. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Big hair and kind of tucker boots and clothes that I didn't have the money to buy. Um, and, but specials just felt like it was, I, mean, I guess it was the equivalent of music from the street, really. Yeah, yeah very much so. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at the band that you've picked, and um, I'm a huge band. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of the band, that is. Um, what is it about this band that made you pick them for your, for your early influences? Um, I could have picked 20 or 30. It's hard. When you have the questions, it's hard because it kind of it depends what day you get me on as well. But uh, just, no, no, I mean, there could have been lots of stuff. But just for, again, because I can still remember, I can still remember like physically putting the needle on the record on this one. Right. Um, and, and the Clash again were like, um, I mean, in some ways they were kind of um, manufactured somewhat by Bernie Rhodes, but they were still, um, again, they brought in so many different cultures and different styles. And like Sandinista album, um, here's another tangent for you. I've got, I had my records in a lockup um, in London and they, the people that owned it did an audit and I think they've chucked some of them out. Um, but I think so as soon as I mentioned Sandinista, I kind of think I've got my vinyl in London somewhere and it's like, <laughs> I need to get on it and make sure I find them again. But yeah, that's totally irrelevant to everyone apart from me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, think about the music they produced and it's just uh, um, some of the bass lines, just it's, they were just kind of like um, pioneers, I guess. Um, uh, and but this this track in particular, especially the Mikey Dread, Dread version as well, it's just kind of like music I wasn't being exposed to at the time at that age. Um, and it's like it's like pop in a way because it's it's mainstream in the sense it's getting in the charts. But it was um, it's kind of like um, I think that's the thing I loved about the rave era is we were records were charting without any mainstream support. It was yeah. almost kind of like, despite the mainstream, our music was getting in the charts. And I know it's all come around now, and Radio 1 is very different now than it was then. But blimey, in the 90s, it literally was Gary Davis and Simon Bates. And um, it was much more about a lifestyle than music. I mean, I mean, most of them didn't even give a monkeys about music, was always the perception. Yeah. Well, this is it. Um, thank, you for that. <laughs> thank you for that insight into... Uh your makings on this one. So for the early influences track, uh, inspired by hearing it played over and over again, um, uh, the tune is The Clash and the, sorry, the band is The Clash and the tune is called Bank Robber.
Well, there you have it. Not for the first time. That was a bit of clash yeah. on the On the Wave podcast with Bank Robber. Yeah, Bank Robber. What a clash tune and what a band. Like I love, I love a bit of that. Um, I spent some time in the Joe Strummer field down at Glastonbury at one of the last Glastonbury's I went to, which was like dedicated to him because he was a big part of that festival. Um, but yeah, let's stroll on to question two. Uh, and question two is when we talk about finding your own feet. Yeah. So after the music that was like pushed on you by the other people around you listening to music and stuff like that. What sort of music did you start discovering of your own accord? Uh, that's a good question. And like, again, most of it was really, really influenced um, uh, by school and by mates at school and stuff like that. But I started getting into um, uh, reggae and dub, um, electro. Um, there was a, an American exchange and these kids from America, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> brought over like some of the early electro stuff and I got into electro albums oh, um, nice. and um, but I mean listen I won't pretend it was all it's, it's sometimes it can be tempting on this to pretend oh yeah when I was six I bought these really cool dub b-sides <laughs> I mean I still I think I'm pretty sure I own stuff like ABC Look of Love um, I think I even had um, I think the first record I bought I mean I was pretty young might have even been John Travolta, Sandy, or something like that. So it wasn't all I was like Mr. Super Cool. But um, as I started getting into to music properly, um, like again, it's it was released on I think it's released on Island, isn't it? Black Yuhiru Chill Out album was something I loved. And the, why though I remember that is because my mate had like a lot of the Scientist albums and a lot of other reggae stuff. And Black Uhura was one of the ones that I actually brought to the table, as it were. So it's not like a major discovery that no one's ever heard of, but it was kind of like a personal thing um, where it's kind of it's kind of like quite competitive in a way because um, it's like a very early form of crate digging, I guess. But we're only in our like mid-teens and nothing better to do and um, just hanging out and listening to music and stuff. And he had a bass guitar and would learn the bass lines and... Um, it's all kind of like quite simple like that. Um, and scientists, again, I had zero idea of music production, but just the way that that's produced, all that kind of early 80s dub, um, yeah. it's just it's out there, really, when you listen to it. And it still kind of sounds good now as well. Yeah, it's nice when you go and see that sort of thing live and uh, on the big dub sound systems when they swing the pan from one side to the other and it sort of when the bass is moving and you get a bit disorientated and it was part of what um someone else brought that exact thing up about the scientist i'm, I'm trying to remember who it was but someone else has said the exact same thing he said about the scientist oh was it not Ian from dream frequency uh, uh, i my my guess would be slip map oh well uh, yeah possibly like but yeah um it got brought up again uh, just the fact that the scientist was just doing things that was different um uh, by the way of production so when you were listening to it in your headphones it just sounded out of there. I'm pretty sure you're right that it was Slipmat as well. I think so, just because I know he, he loves dub and loves reggae as well and grew up listening to kind of similar style of music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and the atmosphere, the atmospherics of the records, like it's very much like in there's similarities with um, early house music to me and just the atmospherics that it conveys and the kind of the whole experience, um, the artwork, everything. It was just. Um, uh, like I said, it was just like, to me, super, super cool. Right. Sound. Uh, well, why don't we keep that one nice, short and sweet? Uh, and we'll play for all the people who want to listen a bit of Black Uhura. And the tune's name is? Darkness. Darkness. 
there we go that was a bit of darkness that was black uhuru from the chill out album from 1982 yeah which is a good yeah the, it was, that, that's a year before me like which is even scary which is even scarier to think of Addy's pulling a face there realizing how much older than me <laughs> Um, yeah. Never mind that. Swifty, move on to one of the favourites of all of the fans of the podcast. This can't is beat the, it. You can't uh, beat a first rave memory. No, nah, you cannot beat a good first rave memory. Um, what about you, Eamon? Have you Do you remember the very first rave you ever went to? Or, like everyone else, is it a, a bit of a sketchy memory? Yeah, it's kind of sketchy. I, I was going to... I say I was going to university. I wasn't really. I was kind of going in name only. In fact, I wasn't going at all. Um, <laughs> and there was a... Uh, she was a girl at the time, woman now, was an enemy journalist and um, and she was doing a degree on the side and uh, she took me down to Land of Oz um, and it was just, um, I, well actually in fact, I, I mean I, I went earlier and I've only just remembered this now, in about, probably about 1987 I went to the Escape Club in Brighton and I was, I mean I was young and already drinking too much but I still remember the, the, the again the music it was very very early acid house and uh, Chicago and um, I just remember again being kind of being blown in a way but in that kind of not having any reference for what was actually going on yeah uh, uh, it's, I don't know if I can explain it better than that but kind of like part of my language but it's kind of like what the fuck is this yeah um, um, in clubs in Brighton and it was I mean, as I remember it, it was quite still a little bit exclusive, still a little bit trendy. Um, but um, that's just my perception of it at the time. That's maybe because I didn't, you know, when you don't have that sense of what's going on here and there's a, you can have that feeling of being excluded. So it's either just saying, oh, they're just a load of trendy fuckers. Um, and then in London, going to Land of Oz. And then, but the first things in terms of really, really remembering, um, the, I mean, the ones that really stick with me, I mean, in terms of what really sticks with me is probably Sunrise at Santa Pod. I think that was 1989. And that was the first thing I've been to at that kind of level of where it was just like a massive, massive rave. And then Energy at the Westway as well, which was one of the Energy ones. And Energy at Brixton Academy, um, That what they were putting on was just, it was just a different, different level. Um, what, sort of, what sort of tunes would you be hearing there? Would it be all of the like the early Acid House and stuff like that, or more yeah. Freud stuff that was rumbling over from the states? Or yeah, a lot of the state stuff and a lot of the more housier stuff, to be honest as well. I mean, it was very very slow the music back then. I still remember hearing KLF. I mean, I guess one of the really profound memories I have is hearing KLF um, on uh, What Time Is Love, like the really original like nineteen eighty eight version. Yeah, and I can still remember being. I remember because the first rave I've been to in a, that was in a field, and I remember thinking, like, "Where's the warehouse? Like, where are we?" Because it was like <laughs> actually in a field, and all the speakers on a lorry. Um, and I remember being—it's hard to even describe it—but I was so emotional. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of look. There's probably like, there's a slight possibility I might have taken some drugs, but it wasn't just about that. But I remember being taken. It was like a, an out-of-body experience when "What Time Is Love" came on. And I couldn't, I didn't even want to talk to anyone. I was so <laughs> engrossed in the music. Um, just having a moment to yourself. Yeah, that's one way of putting it, yeah. yeah. Um, it was just, it was just Im immense. And at the time, I was kind of a bit like scatting off it a bit. And I didn't really have any way of finding out what it was. I mean, I did, but I didn't really think to use it. So I was just going around record shops singing it to them really badly. 
Going, what's that shooting goes? Dun 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 And I think it was Soul to Soul when they had a shop on top of the court road was the first bloke and the geezer working there, the first bloke who recognised it. And when I had it, it was just like, yes. It sounds like you really had to work to get that one on wax. Yeah, I could have found it a lot easier if I just used a bit of common sense and made some kind of logical connections, but I just didn't. Um, right, but we've all had that moment where we've been singing records and record shops to unimpressed looking guys behind the counter. Yeah, friend of the friend of the podcast, Tony T, often rings you and goes, well, yeah. What's the name of this song? Now you'll go hard there and ring him back two minutes later and tell him exactly what it is somehow. Uh, maybe it's just a DJ thing. Could be. It could just be a DJ thing. So, of all of these early raves that you went to, is there any one tune that we could play for the listeners? of the On The Rave podcast that would best represent those early, those first rave moments? Um, I'm going to choose one which is actually a bit, um, after talking about KLF, that track with such passion, uh, I'm going to choose another one called by Master C and J that was on tracks called Dub Love. Oh, And I had it on, um, there was a video I had called Evil Acid Baron, um, which was just, again, loads of really kind of cheap visuals by today's standards and the VHS, and we used to sit watching that, and that was on there as well. And um, it's again, it's it's just it's very very basic track, and it's uh, uh, but it's just like again, it was just like music that I've never really heard before. Um, I listen back, you listen back to it, and you kind of sort of think, oh, the production's quite basic. Tracks records were pressed really badly, so it's noisy, but it's just got that way that the bass comes in, starts going. I'll try and sing it. Dun, 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 whatever. Um, doesn't really do justice. Um. Right, cool. Well, what we'll do, we'll play that track for everyone. So, uh, for the first Rave Memories track, here is a little bit of Master C and J, and the tune is called Dub Love. Thank you. 
was a bit of dub love by the wonderful master c and j coming all the way out of 1986 indeed yeah what a belter um let's talk about section four section four on the on the Wave podcast is when we talk about festival fever um uh, and i guess from reading the answers that you've got down here <laughs> you're not really down for outdoor noise what, what is it about festivals that uh, that doesn't do it for you <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm all right with outdoor noise. I'm not yeah. really out, I'm not really down with outdoor skanky toilets, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing. Oh. Um, we're definitely um, on that one. Definitely. Um, so in a way, festivals are better to work at than um, than go as like a festival goer for one. Right. Um, and I'm so glad you do this as a podcast, not the questions, because when I read back the questions, I was like, God, I come across like such a miserable old bastard. <laughs> But um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And until yeah, we started doing this podcast again, I had gone like years without doing an outdoor festival. And every Cam, time I was like, I've just hated camping. I just hate camping. I hate it. Oh, I like I, I like my bed. Sorry. I like my bed and my cats and my Wi-Fi and my electricity. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so what is it? What is it that doesn't appeal to you? Camping. Yeah. You know I mean, hotels. I'm down with camping. No skanky yeah. toilets. Um, Got to remember, I live in. I live in. I was going to say I live in Liverpool. I live in Rome. It's very different. Um, I live in Rome, where the kind of like your level of kind of toilet standards is. Everyone's got beat. You know what I mean? I'll spare you the details, but it's kind of like, um, uh, yeah, skanky toilets, camping. Um, I think that's pretty much it, really. I, I mean, again, this is going to sound really, really judgmental. But I'm also not really down with that um, hippie for a weekend thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, got my like, got my fucking beaded like pajama trousers on, standing there dancing like it's Woodstock while I'm back to kind of like um, repossessing people's houses on a Monday morning. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, uh, it sounds really judgmental. I'm not really down with all the fake hippie shit, but apart from that, I love them. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing. Um, the wonderful thing about festivals is there's such a variety of people go. You do get your what I call nine to fivers. Uh, you know, the people who work in an office all week and then get one weekend to drink and go silly with their mates and they they really will go just to get drunk and be silly with yeah. their mates. Um, whereas I'm more about seeing all of the people. I like to see people uh, and I like to see as much music as I can as well. And I'm just thick of shenanigans. He's absolutely thick of shenanigans, yeah. And do you know what? Making it a positive thing, it is actually really good that people get, you know what I mean? People go out and they can have a weekend and get completely like just do whatever they want and be exposed to different forms of music as well which is um 
another good thing about it as well. You know, you can go, but I mean, people get it, depending on what you do, there is the opportunity of hearing all sorts of stuff you wouldn't normally go and see, I guess. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I saw, um, oh God, I'm not going to remember what their name is now. Uh, oh, yes, I am, Arctic Fire. So I was never, I'd never really, I mean, I, I knew a few of their tunes. Arcade Fire, that's it. That's them. Um, uh, I knew a few of their tunes, but I ended up seeing them at a festival and it was absolutely really wicked. Um, and their show was, I mean, I, I know a lot of people find them quite pompous, but that's up to them. Um, I, th- I, I actually thought it was wicked. And um, I think an, another thing as well, I guess, is hopefully the good thing about festivals is you can get, you get to see bands and you're less influenced by who you think you should like. That's such a negative thing in music where you can't say you like someone because it's not cool to like them. You know, like, um, uh, who was it last week? Coldplay were getting a lot of grief online because they were talking about doing that first environmentally friendly tour. Um, and, um, and I remember someone tweeted just saying something, it doesn't make you any cooler just because you hate Coldplay. It's like, um, uh, so there you go. But whereas, listen, 10 years ago, I used to slag everyone off, but it's, um, <laughs> it's just not a, it's not a good habit. No. But anyway, a festival with good... I'll tell you what, going completely back, there's a couple of festivals played last summer and when they got those proper, like, you know when you go to an outdoor posh wedding, if you ever do, um, right, went, yeah. and they got those kind of like horsey people toilets where they're the ones that drive in and they're kind of like nice and plush, then I'm down with it. Yeah. The ones but, that are like the really posh, the upmarket portaloos. Yeah, but fuck me, I was playing at Best of All, I think a couple of years ago, and there was a massive queue. It was Kate, it was it was when it was those couple of years where it's really stormy. There's people with their kids caked in mud queuing for Port Gabin showers. Oh yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I'd never I just could not imagine that I'd be maybe I'm a snob, but I couldn't imagine ever being in that queue with my little girl thinking, Don't worry, there's only fifty people before us. Yeah. It's not like if you if you're going to immerse yourself into the festival fever and uh, all of it, you know, fully immerse. There's no yeah. point in just dipping your toes in. Just stay rocky. Yeah, you, like yeah. you know what it is. When when you get home, you can throw all your, pa- your clothes in a pile. You can go in the shower and you can wash the entire rave off you, rather than washing a little bit of it off you and then being mucky for another. Yeah, day. you're just gonna get mucky again. Even when you were working back, we worked for the Glade Festival and you got passes and they said, look, you can go and you can use the showers and things like that. But we never bothered, did we? You just just immerse yourself in the festival. I did once. And I just remember it being very cold on the way back. It was just cold and wet on the way back. And I was just like, I'd rather just stay in mucky thighs. Well, that's it, yeah. So um, I see you've picked probably the most played artist on the podcast to represent the Festival Fever. What is it about this tune and this band that makes you think of outdoor noise? I think this just reminds me of being at festivals, like from being there with them and uh, watching them. uh, I mean, I always feel like I can't reveal anything, but like Prodigy have got that ability to kind of make any rock any crowd. um, Yeah. Regardless of. To a lot of people. Yeah. And they're kind of the show and the power of it and the intensity of it. um, And it's. and just when this tune starts, I mean, again, it's one of those tracks. It was really, really hard to pick this one. Like, what's a kind of festival tune and what puts me in the festival mood? Yeah. Um, I mean, what puts me in the festival mood is a really clean bathroom. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I love um, so uh, but this track is, I've just seen this track go off so many times. Um, and, uh, and they're probably like one of the best festival bands as well. Um, uh, so, 
yeah, that's why I chose this one. Good, good. Well, um, in the notes, it's accompanied with the message, I'm always in the sunshine mood, mate. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely love that. And it makes me think of this track and puts a smile on my face. It so sure um, it is the most played band on the podcast, but it's the most played band for a reason. It's because they're fucking wicked, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, and here is one of their seminal classics. So we are going to play some Prodigy and the tune is... Smack my bitch up. Yes!
Oh, and that was the prodigy with smack my bitch up. Yeah, what an absolute beast. Uh, XL Records, absolutely all the way and alive. And a monster festival fever tune. It is. It is. Yeah, I never, I never, I never got a chance to saw them. I never got a chance to saw them. But uh, uh, everyone who I've ever heard has only ever said good things. Yeah, I, saw, I saw them at Ali Pali in London in November, and it was just. Uh, did you blag free tickets like Slipknot? Uh, did I blag them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not actually a very big blagger, to be honest, but my mate's their agent. I don't mean to name drop, but I just have. Um, but my mate's their agent, and I've known him for years. But I actually hate blagging, and I'm also a big fan of when the blaggers have to pay. Um, and you'll be surprised. No, but it's quite a good thing where people that are on the guest list have to give like a five or ten pound charity donation. Yeah. But you'd, be, you'd be surprised the amount of people that get a bit ruffled by that, and it's kind of like sort your life out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and God, without going off on one of my tangents, one of the reasons I sometimes didn't like gigs in London because they were so guest list heavy when the record labels are there. Um, yeah. I remember going with my missus to see Beck and it was cool. She, we were going for her more than me, but it's just people talking all the time and just like saying, look, either watch it or fuck off, pardon my language, but don't stand there talking all the way through it. Yeah, it's bad crack that like, um, I literally just got bought a Beck album for my birthday the other day. My, my girlfriend bought me Odelay, like all the way back to the, uh, just what what an album, with a massively dreadlocked dog on the front cover. Um, sort of like me in dog form, do you remember? You in dog form, good. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's it's kind of, it's kind of where we're going, that's me in dog form. Um, just, just trying to bring this tangent to a close, I saw Primal Scream at Hammersmith Apollo as well, and yeah. there was this geezer in front who just wouldn't shut up. But I mean, it was so noisy. And I kind of lost the argument because I said to him, mate, can you shut up? I can't hear the band. And it was like ear bleedingly loud. <laughs> he, he just gave me this look as if, but even then I still gave him a look of saying you don't know who you're fucking with, even though yeah. I probably would have lost the fight. Oh, well. Oh, hey, man. There's always some dickhead who wants to do it their way, isn't there? Like, do you know what I mean? I'm the type that can't let things like that go as well. I would tell someone, you know what I mean? I just just let them know. Yeah, man, We've sure. also got a bit that might piss in people's pockets just for that. Well, we'll have, yeah, of course. Uh, watch out. Um, he is about, and he will piss in your pocket if you annoy him at a rave. Um, uh, let's move on to section five of the podcast while he smirks at himself um, without being revealed. Um, but <laughs> just talk about, I'll tell you, that's one thing I don't want to be on the receiving end of, just if we can get that out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. If he ever did it to you, I'd definitely name and shame him. Like, yeah. you know, Pocket Full of Piss sounds like an Oliver Twist song. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Or repeat Doherty album. Yeah. Um, sounds, yeah. sounds about that sort of level, doesn't it? Um, let's talk about section five of the podcast, which is the part of the podcast where we talk about shared discoveries. discoveries. So, are there any artists out there that you think maybe don't get as much love as they should someone that you listen to that you think more people should listen to um who is that artist why should people listen to them you push them on the podcast and we'll share a link to where everyone can go and find them we sure will when people hear what this one is it's going to be so lame because it's like mercury prize winner so um i think i can't I mean i'll sort of racking my brains of thinking god who have i discovered and it's like probably no one <laughs> so but this, this, I guess, is a very much younger demographic and I was surprised at how many people I know that are really into music hadn't really listened to this album. Um, and like, he's big, he's very well known. Um, I don't know, I'm doing this as always, like it's a big reveal, you know, like it's... <laughs> and tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, uh, 
This, this album I just love. I've had it on non-stop in the car. Um, and there's this particular tune. I mean, the artist is Dave. And this particular tune, Screwface Capital, it's just like the delivery on it, the music. It's just everything about it is really, really cool. So I wouldn't call it a discovery, of course, because I'm like light years away from discovering this for myself. But it's just, um, it's just like one, it's just such a brilliant album. And I think it's... That's that real balance of being open-minded to new music, yeah. but without trying to be like um, your dad, like um, with his trousers hanging around his pants, dancing to Eminem at a wedding. Um, I say that, I've got my trousers hanging around my pants, but there you go. Um, but I'm, at least I'm indoors. Um, so yeah, it's that, that balance and not trying to be like, oh, that desperation still to be hip and relevant, um, but equally to realise that... Um, uh, good music is good music, and this is a it's a killer album. Um, and uh, for me as well, it's 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 kind of like this 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 uh, the psychodrama album. For me, stands up with USA hip hop. I know we've long gone past the UK versus USA hip hop point, but it's just like it's it's phenomenal. And this particular track, I, I must have listened to this track a hundred times in the last God knows, excuse me, three, three or four weeks. Yeah. So where can people pick up this track? Is it what well, the album's called Psychodrama, you said? Yeah, I mean you can pick it up anywhere. I mean anyone that knows it will be thinking they'll probably be screaming at the podcast, whatever device they're listening to it on, going, You didn't discover him, you idiot. Um uh, but I think another thing about it as well, he's this he's like not it's like teenager or twenty at most. And to hear to when you listen to this and you you hear all that when you when you know that and listen to what he's done, it's um, it's amazing. Yeah, but it's everywhere. This album, um, Spotify, everywhere. It's like like I said, it won the Mercury Prize this year. So um, uh, there's nowhere where you won't be able to get it. No, really. no, I'm looking here and uh, this guy's got like. Uh, six and an odd million monthly listeners on Spotify. So, yeah, so he's um, been around. He has been around. No, um, but that's absolutely good. That's absolutely sound with me. Like as I say, the, be- the thing about this part of the podcast is for sharing someone who you maybe think doesn't get the love. So more than happy to push anyone. Out. And I and I haven't heard of Dave, and I've literally just clicked and added the album on Spotify to give it a listen. So it's worked. Whatever you were trying, um, <laughs> you've got at least one person to listen to Dave. Um, but in any case, um, probably not named after the channel that shows repeats of QI. Um, uh, we're going to play a bit of Dave um, uh, from the album Psychodrama. This tune is called Screwfius Capital. I made a link with the Russians, six-figure discussions, dinners in public, my linen all tailored, my outstanding payments, swift like Taylor, and boy I owe them man a beating, but don't watch what I'm making, just know I put both of the peas in up at the same time I put the pay in pagan, man want a beef, don't know what the stakes is, broad daylight, doing nigga on a day shift, three scales got them living on basic, my location changes quicker than gears on a brand new Porsche Cayman, I told RJ put down a line and he did, but he's got another free like H's I gotta watch for the greed and the hatred I'm saying who's on votes we'll hit up a nigger and see who's on smoke when it's that time you could run that shit there and it's cool but you can't hear like a bad line it's been 15 minutes since me and her fucked and I'm saying we still in the house for 
Girls say I'm rude, but they won't never leave. Cause you know the jab right like South Pole's outdoors. Me and my niggas are rule outlaws. I tell a man speak with respect. How you gonna say that we beef for your chest like Sergey didn't G lean on your set? I do not have one knee, cause a friend, if it's beef on the ends, then it's peak for them. This thing's coming like Pokemon Go, cause I seen man once, never seen him again. Man don't really wanna walk to the shop or jump on the train, cause the ends got tension. One eye on my ops, two eyes on my friends, cause at least my ops man knows their intentions. I turn a loss to a lesson, I turn a curse to a gift and a blessing. Any girl that I've got an interest in, face interesting, body impressive. I got 99 out of 100 marks in class on my English questions. I get the same if I did it again, cause I still don't know the definition of resting. I put blood in, I put sweat in, I shed tears when my niggas got sentenced. I spent years with my niggas in Streatham, but you wouldn't know that cause you don't live this. What have you done for your siblings? I made sure that the family's sweet. So many days that I starved myself just to make sure that my whole family eats. The murk is a beast and I'm blacking it out. 1.9 on the plan for a house. I ain't got a memory of when dad was around. Still a child when I turned man of the house. Tell me what you know about a bag full of bills and your mum crying out saying, son, I can't take it. And then staring in the mirror for an hour with a tear in your eye like I gotta go make it. Ever seen a good friend turn pagan? A pretty girl glow down turn basic? Ever seen a nigga enough man rated losing his mind because of food that he's taking you're either a lamb or you're hannibal good kid but i grew up around animals no chick can't tell me about attitude i got a girl from the screw face capital everyone that was dave you can find dave on spotify uh the tune was called screwface capital from the album psycho drama but addy guess what (laughs) yes that's right addy um uh, this is the moment where eamon has chose to play his wild card and picked a second track for the shared discovery section we're very sorry if that knacked your ears there um, he gets very excited when anyone uses his wild card and abuses the megaphone that we've got in the studio here. Um, but we see that you've picked another track here for everyone to listen to. Do you want to talk a little bit about the artist and why you think they deserve a little bit more love? Um, I've been getting into this this kind of style. And I mean, I guess you've got people like Bicep and Floating Points who are doing similar styles and it's very much, much more well known. 
But this guy's um, really, really good DJ, great producer. Um, and this, tr- this tune's an absolute slammer called Polar Freeway. Um, and the artist is Benton. Um, and hopefully, 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 we might even do some stuff together next year, uh, uh, depending. Um, dep- that makes it sound so sh- showbiz, depending if our schedules allow, um, <laughs> which actually translates to depending if we get it together. Um, but I'm ho- hope so. But it's just again, it's one of those tracks. It's probably I don't know how many YouTube views the video this has got, but it, whatever it is, it's it should be much much higher because it's an absolute slammer. Right, cool. Uh, well, let's get that played for everyone for the wild card moment. This is a second tune in the shared discovery section of the podcast, uh, and uh, Eamon recommends that everyone go out and listen to Polar Freeway by Benton.
children of all ages, ravers and midgets alike, you're all welcome to the most confusing section on the whole of the internet. Welcome to... Adiversal Gav. Oh, he's sharp on that one. Went quick there. Yeah, he did. Like a he snappy snare drum. <laughs> welcome back to Adiversus Gav, the section where we ask you to pick which of our tunes is the best tune for a certain category last time out. Uh, the category was food. Was food. It was. It was food-related tunes. And yet again, the winner was Addy. Ted. 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 Ten. Thank you, Ty Dillinger. Ten. Thank you, Sean Spears. Now uh, he is. Now he, now he is. AKA the the chairman of AEW. And I am your ten-time, ten-time. Ten time Addy versus Gav champion of the world. Yeah, that's ten to two. And because Addy won, we're gonna get a little bit of the Salami Brothers. Pizza, 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 pizza at the end because you just didn't go for the welfare Wednesday. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I wouldn't have minded getting beat to that. Yeah, I love that tune. Um, uh, it, it, it's it's a big fat tune. But again, <laughs> late in the week, you just get the like. I was leading for ages, and then late in the week, you've pissed it again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Are you, are you sending people bumps before we get to? I don't even look at that one. <laughs> after after I posted it, I was, it was gone. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Um, this time out, we've gone for a little bit of a nostalgia thing to all of those people who are from the Seven Bridge City that Ooh. we belong to. That belong Whoop. to the crowds of anyone, and we are paying homage. To the past of DJ UEP. It is. It's the past of a few people here, but it's definitely one of my parties. And it is backlash. It's dead, but it's back for only one poll. Yeah, for one poll, we're going to go through some of the headliners who played at different backlashes and pick a tune from a headliner who headlined a backlash. So, play there's along a, at home. There's um, a lot of people. Yeah, play along at home. So, when you see the post, which again, will be facebook.com forward slash on the rave. You can go there and you can go to the pinned post, which will be a poll. We want two different things in the posts. Post the name of an artist and a song that reminds you of Backlash in the poll. And also, post a category if I were to pick from. You never know, next time it might be your category. It probably will. It probably will be. It probably will be. Yeah, we're, we're scraping the barrel. We're scraping the barrel. But in any case, um, I... Who went first last? I think it was me. I think... No, it was you. It was me. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you were all topical and that. So, yep. it will be me to go first. So, um, I didn't go to every single backlash like you did, but you were obviously the promoter. I've been to many, many, many a backlash. And one backlash that I will never, ever forget was when you had the Panacea on. Um, namely because he was a huge bloke with lots of gold teeth who you expected to be maybe quite gruff, um, but he sounded a little bit like the pig from Shrek. He's, he's, um, and but he's got what, a very calm English accent. He has got a very, very calm English accent, hasn't he? He like he doesn't sound like the bloke he looks like, but he was still a really nice guy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, he was a lovely, lovely guy. One of my favourite DJs. Um, well. And when he came up to play, um, I remember him playing a tune that was just absolutely sick. I 
fingered YouTube for a little bit and found it. It was called The Power of Darkness. So that's what I'm going Ooh, for. Oh, it's a nice tune. Yeah, but it's, it's good. It's good. But it's not right. Because the right answer is Lime Wax. As always, kudos. The right line answer is always Lime Wax. Buy Q's and, and if you're going to buy Q's hot sauce. Buy the hot sauce. Then you've got to get Agent Orange in. Oh, there we go. So for the fifth or seventh time in uh, one of these segments, we've gone for a little bit of Agent Orange. So as I've already said, you can get away from the megaphone, you. I'm looking at it. I was looking at it. Yeah, I was can see you looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's late at night. Neighbours will be knocking on doors so other than neighbour to one side. They'll, like they'll, they'll just come next door then. Yeah, you be playing Agent Orange. Yeah, well, if of the day, I'd be well surprised, like, because they play <laughs> some absolutely dink, horrible hardcore. But in any case, um, uh, thank you once again for listening to us ramble and do our little Addy versus Gad segment. Addy won, so we're going to have... Ten! 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 We're going to have a little bit of Jonathan. We're going to have the Salami Brothers, and the tune is called Addy... Grabs a pizza. Grabs a pizza. Grabs a pizza. Eats a pizza. Eats a pizza. Yes. Hey, you want a pizza? We got Americano, seafood, chicken, Hawaiian, beef eater, Popeye, cheese, tomato, extra, extra topping. Pizza, pizza. Hey, get a pizza.
podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media you can find us on facebook yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave on you can find rave. us on twitter at on the rave you can find us on youtube youtube.com forward slash on the rave we are on instagram that's my favorite one then where you can find us on the rave with addy and gav where you can see pictures of what addy's been doing during the week shenanigans shenanigans uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase, and scream at Dom's on the roof, and she will give you ten percent off all oh, of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh, oh goodness! It's good. Oh, it's good. Ladies and gentlemen of the On the Road Podcast, Section Six is the moment of the show where I ask the gentleman who yet again is sitting to my right for a change to set the scene. Well, are you I'm yawning? A... It was a big stretch. Good. <laughs> uh, I like to make this relevant to individuals for every every show that we do. But to my knowledge, I think I've only seen you once. So I'll make it relevant to that. So as you walk through the back of Banface, push through the random munters left and right, the ketamine victims on the floor, <laughs> step over some random chins that have dropped. You push your way past Nicky Archer that's absolutely covered in inflatables for some reason. Six or seven inflatables. And the DJ just drops the sickest tune you ever heard. Are you a hands in the air or are you screw facing down? I'm definitely not hands in the air. Not really? my You'll see Irish dancers with their hands in the air more often than me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more... I'm not even. I don't even know. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely not hands in the air. I'm definitely more screw face, or I'm just kind of like uh, Mr. Cool Swagger nodding. But ah, uh, DJs so like, dance. Yeah, yeah. DJs don't dance. I, do you know what? I'm not averse to dancing, but um, I. Uh, do you know what though? Especially someone like Bangface, I'm always rushing around. Um, but um, oh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, like literally. Um, uh, 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 Mr. Like here, there, and everywhere, trying to ca- get it all in. But yeah, I, I, if I had to choose one, I'd choose more screw face moment. But I'm kind of like, I'm kind of, I guess, I'm much more into the music, and I get more when it's something really amazing. I get absorbed by it rather than sticking my hands in the air, going oi oi. Yeah, yeah, you more, you have a personal moment rather than joining everyone else in theirs. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that neither. That, that, that. It just it just depends what side of the what side of the bone you lie on. Um, I, I'm always a fan of the shush face. Now I try not to fling both arms, and I'll just shh. Yeah, I like it. Here's like the hip- Here's the irony and the hypocrisy to it all, though. When when I do gigs, I expect people to be screaming and have their hands in the air from the moment <laughs> I start to the moment I finish. Otherwise, oh, it's a disaster. So yeah. like, it's all well and good when I'm doing it, but when it when I'm playing, I expect people to be kind of like screaming orgasmically um men and women so it's not i'm not trying to convey any sexual energy just to be clear <laughs> get in um, so, so um so what sort of tune drags that sort of musical reaction out of you mm, all depends i mean everything from like real i mean something like 
um, Belcham Energy Flash or any real bangers that I love. But I remember, I think of it, I mean, a gig that really, really blew me away was when I went to see um, Cinematic Orchestra. I've seen them a few times, actually, but I saw them when they did a um, Barbican in London um, before we moved here. And it was, again, it was, that was hair on the back of your neck kind of moments, just the way the vocalists are. The, it's, it was just an just incredible show. And it's very sit down. It's not, I mean, if you, if, if you go to a cinematic orchestra gig and you stand up with your hands in the air going oi oi, you're probably going to be the only one doing it. Um, yeah. But it was still, um, and it was kind of a time in my life as well where I had a lot going on and it just really brought home to me like the power that music conveys. Um, yeah. And um, and the vote, I mean, they're just flawless um, in terms of the, mu- the standard of musicians and the vocalists and everything. They're just flawless. Um, yeah, it was. You can get, and I think the gigs available. You can actually get it on the whole thing's online. I think, or I had a CD of it at the time, but it was just brilliant. And I saw them not so long ago in Rome, um, outdoors, uh, a few months ago, and that was equally good. Yeah, some of their tunes just like remind me of certain moments in my life. They do a tune with Roots Maneuver, uh, which is called "All Things to All Men." Um, uh, and and just that tune just hits me in ways like it's amazing. Um, and they've got those two albums that are amazing. Is it um, uh, Mafleur is one of them. That's an absolutely outstanding album. Um, and the album that Horizon comes off, which I always forget the name of. Uh, Every day. Is it Every day. I think it's Every Day. Um, but yeah, Cinematic Orchestra are just they're they're just such a talented group of musicians making such wonderful music. Very true. But saying that, actually, Roots Maneuver, Witness Fitness, that would get me dancing. Yeah, well, that, that's it. That's that. That's just the thing of Witness the Fitness. Yeah, um, it's a big tune. Yeah, it is. I think Rodney's Roots Maneuver, Rodney Smith's just like one of those. Pro- when when people first discover British hip hop and they discover Roots Maneuver, it just his voice is just so individual, man. It's like it cuts through you. Just and also just that bass line. I'm not going to try and sing it, but it's just. Uh... <laughs> It's immense. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a, it's a classy baseline. So so I mean, I'm just I, I remember seeing on your notes on this select a track that gets the party going, and this is obviously very very not in that not in that style, but it was just kind of much more of a whole like uh, God Almighty, I nearly said holistic. God, thank God I didn't. But it's just much more of a, like an overall musical experience. Yeah. No, I get, I get that. I, um, I know the song that you've picked. Um, I'd call it like a standing on top of a hill, looking over the hill type of music, um, like a congratulation of a moment type of music is what I would use it for. But in any case, um, would you like to introduce the song for everyone? Yeah, it's Breathe by Cinematic Orchestra, um, and it's from the album. Ma- oh God, how am I going to pronounce this? Mafleur. It is. It's Mafleur. <laughs> Here we go then. Cool.
Thank you for that. Um, what we'll do, we'll stroll straight into the dedication. Um, normally we keep this one quite short and sweet, um, but the story you've wrote with yours is quite good. So if you want to uh, recount the story as to why you're picking it for everyone, that would be absolutely yeah. smashing as well. Um, well. This one, again, it's not a song for my daughter. I don't think she's even ever heard it. Um, uh, and but it's more that it was around. And I'm not, again, like I said earlier, I'm not really into slagging other people's music off. It's just um, if you don't like it, don't say anything about it. Um, and, uh, and I'm not a fan of this band by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and even the lyrics on this track itself are quite, um, corny in places. But, um, when my daughter was born, she had some like medical issues and it was, um, it, this track, there was, it was just out at the time that was dealing with it. And I just remember so many times being out and hearing it and, it just kind of took me out of the moment. Sometimes it gave me that sense of everything will be okay. Other times it just kind of just, it's really, really weird. It's just, I can still picture being in this little town in Tuscany and it, hearing it coming out of the shop and it just kind of put me in a completely different moment um, yeah. and kind of like quite an emotional in lots of ways. And, um, and it just, for that reason, it reminds me of her and it reminds me of that time. And there's, I've got no other connection to it whatsoever. I mean, I was quite big, I was quite into their first album um, but I'd never ever consider buying this. But it's just like um, it's that thing that music has, I guess, where it just gives you. Um, again, it sounds so weird talking about it because it sounds so contrived, but it just gives you these kind of reference points for moments in your life, and it, it just reminds me. It just reminds me. It always reminds me of that period with my daughter. Yeah, that's it. There are just different songs that remind you, like they'll strike a different like life chord with you. Yeah. That'll remind yeah. you of a different event that's yeah. happened. It takes and... you back to the place and time. Well, yeah, it can take you back to lots of things. It can take you back to the feelings you had, the smells, like the sights, and just it can put a, a, a different like it can just put you in a different mindset for a moment. Yeah. And sometimes that escape from sometimes reality just is just great. And sometimes that escape will just turn your day right around if it's in a positive way yeah or, or even if it's not in the most positive of ways even if just hearing that song makes you think wow remember that day i felt really down listening to that song i'm still here let's just keep going you know what i mean it just goes to show that like the peaks and troughs of human life uh, very true and also i think when you sent the questions over i just think it's boring if you're trying to be too cool i always try and go with instinct when i answer stuff like this because otherwise it's all just like it doesn't what's the point it's just kind of very very too thought out and true try, trying to kind of um using music try to kind of portray some kind of image and it's just so i just went with the the first hunch no no that that's that's absolutely fair that's absolutely fair to say um uh, we've played a bit of everything on the podcast, and I don't think so far that we've no, ever... definitely no, no. I don't think we've covered this band before, but that sound, we've always got time to uh, break new records. So would you like to introduce this song for everybody? I will introduce it. It's Kasabian, Goodbye Kiss, and forgive them for that lyric about I broke my wrist and rhyming that we kiss, I think, but we'll forgive them that. <laughs> <laughs> sound, no problems. Here we go, then. This is a bit of a Kasabian for everyone.
Kasabian, that was Goodbye Kiss from the album Velociraptor because it's got that explanation point that means you've got to shout you've got it, to shout it. it. You've got to shout you've got it. To. Uh, there's not there's nothing about it, you've got to shout it. Um <clears throat> and that means that it is time on the other way podcast for section eight, which is the bone of contention, also known as Guilty Pleasures. So where do you lie on the subject of guilty pleasures? Are you very much someone who uh, wears all of the music he likes on his sleeves, or is there something out there that you would probably cringe if everyone knew that you enjoyed listening to it? Um, no, not anymore. Maybe a long time ago, perhaps, but not anymore. I like all sorts. I like um, uh, even from like Echo and the Bunnymen back in the day. Um, like Ocean Rain is such a brilliant album. Again, they were like 23, 24 when they did that. And uh, uh, my daughter kind of runs the place. Uh, she runs my life. She calls me Dave the Slave, but in Italian. So, um, um, and so she controls what we listen to in the car. But she's cool. She's got everything. Like she likes obviously Taylor Swift and stuff like that. But she also likes David Bowie. Oh, what, my... a, what a girl! She's got wonderful choice. She, Bowie's, she, Bowie's the, just just the musical goat of all time. She yeah. likes Michael Jackson, which brings a difficult conversation to some <laughs> time in the future. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I always used to like, like, I didn't mind certain take that songs. I'm, I, don't, I don't mind pop at all. Um, and um, uh, so, yeah, I, 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 a long time ago, I gave up like trying to be cool. Um, and again, like trying to, trying to filter what you like based on some kind of um, coolness or perception of coolness. It's like, fuck all that. Now you like what you like, innit? 
Yeah, and you can't, and it's hard to, it's really hard work pretending not to like something that you like. It's kind of like, it takes quite a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, and equally, it takes a lot of effort to pretend to like something you don't like. Um, and listen, I'm sure lots of people love Aphex Twin, but there's a brilliant video of him performing in America. And it's kind of, it's almost like people have been told they've got to like it, so they have to like it, even if to them it's just like a load of, um, uh, not a load of noise, but there's just some brilliant footage. You can just see people getting into it because they think they should be getting into it. Right, right, okay. Just because they've got to. Yeah, because it's like Aphex Twin. They've been told it's like super cool. <laughs> I mean, that's me. I'm a, I'm a mind reader of a crowd of 10,000 people, by the way. No, no, this is fair crap because we went to we went to a band phase where Laurent Garnier was playing and I was like, yeah, I've really got no interest in going seeing Laurent Garnier. And a lot of people were like, well, what, how? Like, how do you not want to go see him? And it's like, it's just, it's just never really done it for me. I don't know, I saw Laurent Garnier at Reservoir 2 and he was amazing, but that was way, way back in the day. Yeah, what sort of 90 was that? <sighs> I could not tell you off the top. But you know what? It was the, it was the same year is um, I saw that GTO DJ squad from the last podcast. Ah, there you go. I, I think he was dressed as a farmer as well. I remember him being in some sort of farmer tire. Right, okay. It That's was a like, good look, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like straw hat, stripey shirt, dungarees. Yeah. No, no, like proper comedy farmer. Ah, like, oh, right, okay. Proper Welsh farmer. Yeah. Ah. And not like Cotton Eye Joe. More Wurzels than Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, very much so. And yeah, I think he played like into some Bagging technical side, actually. Yeah, well, good. there you go. The things you see at Res, though. Uh, what a place that place is. Um, cool. So, so what sort of thing would have you know? You know, you said that you don't care anymore. Um, when you did care, what sort of thing were you into that you didn't want anyone else finding out you were into? Uh, I, do you know what? I actually don't really remember, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, like in. I don't, I don't remember this point where I kind of like the day I stopped caring, but I just um, <laughs> uh, uh, autobiography that you know. What yeah, I mean? the day I stopped caring. Yeah, it's a good title. Um, but uh, just generally, yeah. I mean, so like, I don't mind Spice Girls um, uh, and take that at a couple of good songs. Um, I'm not a fan of like. Um, so I guess this is where I draw not draw the line, but I look at it differently. It's like take that with cool, and he writes some, he wrote some really good songs. But then you've got the idiots boys zone who like are literally doing n nothing and I have a record that rivals the Beatles for number ones. And I guess so. Um, I don't I mean, I wouldn't. So, so it's not about, oh, because it's pop, I'm going to like it and I have to like pop. It's just kind of like I guess I do see things slightly different. You look at someone like um, Gary Barlow and he was a really good songwriter. And even what's his face for me, 17, was writing the songs um, and uh and so I guess that gives me a slightly different perspective on it as well, because you can see that whether people like the music or not, you can see there's talent behind it. Yeah. Um, whereas you can see a boy zone, there's like um, more talent. Oh, sit on stools. Yeah. And there we go. I said I wasn't going to slag anyone off. I was going to say more talent. <laughs> wet fish. They, they, lads, boy they, zone. Don't just, they don't just sit on stools. Come on. They wear white and they do key changes. It's like, just like, the whole thing behind them, like with Louis Walsh and what's his face, Simon Cowell, it's just to me, none of that stuff is really music, it's just marketing and finance. Yeah, yeah that's 
That that's the way I was going to say. The most soulless form of music that yeah. you could possibly imagine. Well, they're appealing to the housewives, and the housewives mm. at that time were the people who had disposable outcome. This is so true. They would my, buy it. My mom fucking loves Westlife. My dad, mom, and dad probably still listen to Westlife. I on a well, here we go delving deep. Here we go deep into the into the histories of Gav. Um, as a maybe twelve or thirteen year old boy, won a singing competition at a caravan site by singing words from Boyzone, and we there won a, a three weeks competition, to, a three weeks holiday for me winning the competition to go back and sing in the finals, and I got beat by two little boys who mimed the time warp. Not that I'm better <laughs> or anything like that. You learn something new every week on, it, the, on the Rave podcast. Yeah. You, do sound, you do sound quite hurt by that. Um, um, do you know, you know what? what? To his credit, though. Back then, I just sort of accepted there were bands, but the more I look back, the more I realised I was much better than that. They're two little cunts. Yeah, uh, like, they did the time warp. You know what I mean? Oh, do you know well. what, though? To, to Louis Walsh's credit, you have to give him credit, because when you sued Boyzone, you sort of think, OK, this is as bad as it gets. Then he managed to fucking top it with Westlife. I mean, <laughs> he did the exact same thing again. Yeah, he? but just worse. You know what I mean? It's just but like... Cooking, cutter, formula. <laughs> Why change that? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it worked for them, eh? Um, so, of all of this stuff um, that, that you've mentioned, is there one band, or maybe even one song by one band in particular, that uh, stands I... out as a proper guilty pleasure? I do like Viva Forever, but I'm going to go with Two Becomes One, because... When every time I hear it, I, when Emma Bunton does that line, um, I always think she's singing it directly to me. And if you watch the video, she does. You two might be too young, but no, she does no, this. I'm definitely not. I'm she done. does. She does this three, two, one, two, one, like Ted Rogers' dusty bin thing with her fingers as well. <laughs> so, so it's like Emma Bunton's fingers are speaking to me when I listen to this song. Ah, oh, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a challenge for you. I was even going to sing it. That bit where she goes. Because tonight is the night when to become one. Ladies and gentlemen, le rave legend Liquid uh, on the vocals there for everyone. Doing a bit of Spice Girls acapella. There we go. Um, that will be in a remix somewhere within the next two weeks, mate. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely guaranteed. But here's a challenge for you, everybody. Uh, pause the podcast. Put YouTube on. Search for To Become One and see whether you think Emma Bunton is pointing at you or whether she's pointing at Eamon from Liquid. Either or way. If she's doing a 3 2 one She's just 3 2 one 3 2 one but A dusty bin? Yeah, prop my dusty bin on it. Oh, he's won the car. No, it's dusty bin. And it serves him right for being so dim. New Faces 1988, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, let's play a bit of Spice Girls. Um, and the tune you've picked is... Two Become One. Or Two Becomes One. Whatever. Comes one. There we go. That'll do.
And there you have it. There's a little bit of Spice Girls for everyone. The DJ Smurfs' favorite band ever. I thought he, I thought that was Steps. Oh, he, he loves Spice Girls as well. He loves Spice Girls as Anything well. Anything like that shit. Didn't he pay lots of money to go and see Girls Aloud? He went. He went to see Steps three times. Blimey! In one week. What, he went. No, it wasn't the second time. He went the first time because he he bought all the merchandise. And then got that pissed that he lost all the merchandise, so he had to go back the next night and pay for tickets to go in and buy the merchandise again. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Smith. Um, <laughs> uh, he is a Gabba DJ from up here to fill you in a little bit on that, Eamon. He, he plays comedy Gabba, and he just loves he just loves the pop. He just loves the pop. Um, let's roll in. To so I'm just, bit, I'm just picturing someone somewhere else in that story, someone who's found a whole load of Steps merchandise. Hang yeah. on. Yes! That's the other end and of it. And literally, yeah. it wasn't a little bit of merchandise. It was like a hundred quids plus worth of merchandise. He like he bought everything in size on the stand like or something. Three t-shirts, four fingers, day glow, daily boppers, <laughs> the whole whacked. <laughs> I bet he's probably still got the foam finger up on the wall and he's still Oh, no, it, as well. it will be. It will yeah. be. He doesn't even ironically like them. He just no, he proper just loves, he just proper loves he them. them. Him and his steps, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about goats, um, aka the greatest of all time. So um, everyone has their opinion on who the greatest of all time is in music. Uh, I concur with your daughter in the car on Spotify and say that David Bowie is the greatest of all time. Um, is there anyone in your life or like maybe in your life before we talk about music who you would think is the greatest of all time? Do you have anyone who you idolise like that? Um, you mean outside of music or within music? Oh, but a bit of both. Uh, God, blimey. I don't, I mean, not really, I, I, I sound like... Um... This what I don't know that I really idolise. Um, yeah. as people that I really, really admire, I guess, but that can be anything from writers like Kurt Vonnegut, who's like a really random one to pick out of nowhere. Um, uh, sportsman like Muhammad Ali, mainly for the kind of I know again, it's really obvious, but the way that you think about the way he took a stand against what he took a stand against, and in those times, and just to have the balls that he had, um. Uh, well, as soon as we hang up, I'll think of hundreds. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, and, and musically, I don't, I, I, I don't ever have such a fixed kind of view on that's the person that's the greatest of time and they always will be. I mean, there's obvious ones like David Bowie and Prince as well, just like um, Sign of the Times album where he's playing all the instruments himself. And I love that track on there, The Cross. Yeah, both um, of them have come up multiple times. Yeah. Uh, we've had Prince yeah. come up twice. We've had Bowie come up twice. Um, uh, as as some of the greatest of all times, and I think you've took the approach a lot of people have took, which is the the this week approach. Um, because we give you this list quite a bit of an, a, a bit of time in advance. Obviously, you've picked the person who you've been the most influenced by recently. Is it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Beastie Boys. I mean, I think because I just bought the book recently, I haven't read it, and um, and also everything about them, the way they kind of uh, managed to. It sounds like a bit wank of a word to use, but rebrand themselves or keep themselves. Uh, just, yeah, and always kind of like 
pushing it and being cutting edge and stuff like that. Yeah, um, they're, the, they're the Bowies of New York hip hop, is the way I would put it. They and reinvented themselves over and over again, and it was just it was one. Uh, less we say we, we can't say anything bad about Mix Master Mike because no, he just he is just a phenomenal turntablist. But it's just those three boys from New York, man, um, and they just changed themselves and reinvented their own sound over and over again. And when you watch, if you haven't seen it, there's a Glasgow 1999 MTV gig they did, which is yeah, 45 but... minutes long. Um, when it's, they did that tour when it was in the round, so the stage is at the centre of the venue. And it's just oh, unbelievable. Cool. The energy when they come on. I mean, he comes on and it's brilliant. But the energy then when they come on is just um, it's just something else. I mean, and there's also there's people like in music like Marshall Jefferson that were really pioneering in house music um, yeah. and people that really led the way. Um, DJs like Frankie Bones, um, who uh, who were just when when there wasn't even really any scene to speak of, and when there was like no, it wasn't a career move doing like acid or house music. Um, so, but it, it's um, it, yeah. So I, I kind of I don't know. Like say like you could probably ask me again in five minutes. I'll give you a whole list of different names. But <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Th- this one and also the track it's not maybe one of their best known tracks but the energy in the glasgow show when they do this tune and seeing the way they're all darting around the stage and the way they do their timings of finishing the sentences the way you two yeah. do you're almost like the new the beastie boys of newcastle the way that you oh my god that's oh, going on got it that's going on t-shirts there we go there we go um, that's going on a t-shirt um we already know that we are the two people that have got the Longest running episodic rave based podcast that's coming straight out of Biker. Oh, but now we are, but now we're the Beastie <laughs> Boys of Newcastle. That's hilarious. Oh, I should have said, I should have chosen Ant and Dick, who's my greatest of all time. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, that, that was that, that, like, yeah, a blind deck, a blind, <laughs> I cannot see. Um, sound well, yeah, this is an absolute beast of a tune that very much represents, um, I think a, a lot of what is good about the Beastie Boys. And it's this is like after they've come out of their punk phase into their full-on hip-hop uh, iteration. And, it, and it's just, it very much sounds like 1998 to me. It sounds yeah. like the end of the 90s and the start of a new millennium of music. Um, and what we'll do, we'll try and find a live version, maybe, hopefully this version from the, the 1990s. I'm pretty sure this one will, it will be on YouTube. Um, we'll try and find it, but either way, we're going to play a bit of Beastie Boys for you, and the tune is called... Three MCs and one DJ. Hey, yo, Adam, what's up? This is Mixmaster Mike. I'm calling from Sacramento. Um, uh, I've been wanting to hook up with you, um, maybe on some tracks. I got some shit right here. If you've been... <laughs> Cause nobody can do it like makes master can. Come on, I got the D double O D double O style. Here we go again because it's been a while. Do me a favor, don't touch that down. I ride from a hat into the middle to mine. My name's Mike Dean, I'm the lady's choice. I wanna get next to you like Rolls Royce. Royce. You all gather round, I hear my golden voice. When it's time to run, you know I'll get noise. Cruising like a fan boat on the glade, he'll tweak your ass. Across the cross lane, so watch your back when he takes the stage. Oh, send you off on a naked rampage. Three MCs and one DJ. We be getting down with no delay. Mix Master Mike, 
You do, yeah. That, that, that's an absolute monster of a track. That's from Hello Nasty all the way out in 1998. Three MCs and one DJ. Uh, big shout out to Mixmaster Mike, who's still one of my favorites. Just what an incredible turntablist he is. And um, if anyone hasn't seen it, one of my favorite uh, Beastie Boys moments is the moment when the Beastie Boys do a beatbox introduction to an episode of Futurama. Have oh, you, yes, yes, I've seen that. Well. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, a little bit of Beastie Boys trivia for you, which is absolutely class. Um, well, it's been Mint sitting down and getting to talking to you. We've actually made it all the way through to the last question of the night, um, uh, which is when we talk about personal anthems. So, uh, is there a tune out there um, uh, that you would say is your personal anthem? Like, is there something that, that lifts your mood and sorts your party tune out? Uh, arguably, this, like, for a lot of people, would probably be the best the the, the tune that you're best known for, because there's lots of people out there who would probably pick uh, your absolute classic. I guess I mean again, this this changes me all the time as well. Um, uh, but this one is kind. This is kind of a screw face tune I've chosen as well, and it's just like so simple but so heavy, and um, uh, and it's kind of like it's quite underground, I guess, in lots of ways. Although it's it's kind of underground but well known. But um, uh, yeah, it's just um, anthem's probably the wrong word. It's just a track that um, uh, I absolutely love, and I love it when I DJ it, and I love it when I hear it, and I love when I watch anyone else play it. Um, and uh, and again, it's reminiscent of an era um, and period in my life. Um, but um, yeah, it's just absolute. God, I don't really like the word, but if, if you're going to use the word banger, this is an absolute banger. <laughs> it, it is like it, it's one of the, it's it's one of those absolute bangers. One I think of the ones you, got that... a, you got it spot on the first time with anthem. I, I can't think of anything with more anthem qualities than this. It's just everything about it. Yeah, it's it's almost like an accidental anthem, I guess, because it's 
it's kind of like it's it doesn't really do, it, it does lows but it doesn't as well it's not like got big hands in the air moments it's just an absolute killer tune that you can drop anywhere yeah maybe not a funeral <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of those ones that start from it's just party start to finish in it yeah um yeah. and it's one of those ones that you could use to start a party it's definitely a one you could drop right at the end of a party not yeah. to kill it but to send it home in style and it's um, definitely making everyone screw face yeah, absolutely. Oh, that, like, I reckon we could get a 50-50 spread of arms in the air of this one. I like. reckon it's 95-5. screw face. That's a whole lot of tang fastics, that oh, is. That is like... That's a whole lot of tang fastics. Um, well, thank you very much once again for sitting down and having a chat with us. Um, uh, what we'll do is we'll get you to introduce the final tune during the interview to send what out. Um, uh, it's been lush getting to to sit down and chat with you. Thank you for imparting some of your stories and wisdom on all of the ravers who listen to this podcast. It's been my pleasure. And this track that we're ending on is Energy Flash by Belchum.
Beyond the Road podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media you can find us on Facebook yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave you can find us on Twitter at on the rave you can find us on YouTube youtube.com forward slash on the rave we are on Instagram. That's my favourite one then. Where you can find us on the rave with Addy and Gav where you can see pictures of what Addy's been doing during the week. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase and scream at Dom's on the rave and she will give you 10% off all, all of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh, goodness. Good. oh it's good. Well, there you have it, folks. And what a wonderful conversation that was with a bloke who had such a big influence on my early raving. I don't know about you, Addy. Definitely. I mean, Sweet Harmony is an absolute classic. You can't... Again, we're talking about anthems, and that that is the word, what it is. Yeah, that's what I was hinting at. I was saying when he was talking about personal anthems, arguably a lot of people could pick the tune that he's most known for See, as I, their personal anthem. I, I thought you were like, this is his personal anthem. And I was like, no, 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 it's not, it's no, not, no. Gav. No, no, trust in my journalistic abilities and contrariness to be able to pick that out. But uh, in any case, we've made it through another podcast. Again, thank you very much to everyone for hanging around and for listening. Um, uh, we have recently had an insurge of followers, I've been looking at the statistics. Hashtag Statman. I'm a Statman. <laughs> I just doing the electro swing version. <laughs> Gentle hints of what song to pick. Addy versus Gav. Is, you realise there's just fucking millions of people, all our millions and millions of listeners, just going. It's just like bagfires. It's just like you do. They're all doing an impression of you at the Glade that year with your bugle. Bugle. If we could go back in time and get you to bugle play Agent Orange, was it? Was if it anyone's a thing then? No, but if anyone's got a bugle that I could use for a little bit, I'm definitely up for trying to play. <laughs> we'll see if we can sort something out by the next show. Um, but in any case, we've made it to the end of one of these podcasts. Thank you for hanging around and listening. But you know what happens at the end of these shows. Addy gets to put on his white coat, stretch his hair into a magical pose. Um, we hope you're all enjoying Rick and Morty as we... Season three. Season, season four. Season four. Season four has been, been a beast so far. Oh, it's wonderful, yeah. But we're going to get sciency and a little bit swifty while Addy... Picks out his scientific tune of the week, and Addy, I understand you've gone for something remarkably British. Uh huh. Very British. Very lifeful, Andy. Oh yeah, there you go. That that. And, this, and the science equation is man plus woman equals baby. I think, Gav. Man plus woman. Oh, you're very very right. Congratulations to uh, Ed Cox who had a bend over the last week while we've been waiting. Gave it the wonderful name Ziggy. Um, so we've gone for a little bit of a Life of the Land theme um, and after the last podcast when Addy was on his way home he sent me this tune and was like holy shit I've picked science for next time out and this is a tune that I was listening to the um, the filth cast the barcode filth cast of the week and it was on the Commandante mix right at the end and boy it blew my socks off I can't believe I'd never heard it before it's a banger it is a banger this is Scamp you're not alone. Yeah, it's an absolute banger. It destroyed the kitchen when I played it the other day. Um, uh, lovely, lovely retake. Some lovely jungly break Corey vibes on the go. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, next time out, we're hoping to have another sterling guest for all of you. Um, uh, but that being said, 
It has been wonderful to have everybody stop by. I have been Gav. I'm Addy with the voice again. <laughs> and it is time for us to officially say that we are off the rave.
Hi, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slip Matt, and you're in tune to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. One last thing before you go, if we could get you to say, hi, this is Liquid, and you're listening to the On The Rave podcast, that would be absolutely brilliant. Okay, let me do a couple for you, all right? Great. Um, this is... <clears throat> why are... <laughs> <laughs> why i this is over from liquid you're listening to gavin addy on the rave podcast really that's class i'll do one without that right, okay this is over from liquid and you're listening to on the rave podcast with gav and addy brilliant thank, thank you very, you very much, much. Listen, if you need them if you need those redoing just ping me i'll send you some more will do no no that'll, that'll be great thank you very much all right nice one thanks a lot awesome. guys cheers, cheers for listening man. bye, bye.